Welcome to Ask the Chief Information Officer on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Now your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Joe Klimovich, the Justice Department's Deputy Assistant Attorney General, Chief Information Officer, and newly minted Chief Data Officer. Joe, welcome back to the program. It's been a while. Thanks, Jason. Really glad to be here. One of the reasons you're on the show is because of the new hat you were wearing, one of many as the Chief Data Officer. And what was interesting when the Justice Department decided to name you as the Chief Data Officer, I got a lot of, if you will, interest from the community who said, "Mm, maybe not a good idea, or, well, that's an interesting choice, or, wow, I didn't think it would go in that direction. And I don't think that's against Joe Klimovich, the person. I just think it's, it's because the CIO and the CDO role traditionally, as we've seen over the last maybe three, five, seven years, have not necessarily been the same person, but it's been someone who maybe reports to the CIO or goes in a different direction altogether. So let's just first start with your role as the CDO. As a CIO, I've always prioritized information and data management. It's uh, something I, I want to make sure I'm focusing on uh, just as much as the technology aspects. Agencies have been working on open data uh, efforts since the release of the open data policy back in 2013. The Foundation for Evidence-Based Policymaking Act just really codified and expanded on these responsibilities. And becoming the department's uh, CDO um, provides me with new authorities to continue these efforts, uh, such as uh, overseeing the data management uh, lifecycle and managing our data assets, uh, coordinating with officials on uh, agency data needs, encouraging collaboration um, on improving data use and and then maximizing the use of uh, the data and information that we have within the agency. Well, the law is new. I've already been carrying out a number of the CDO functions, uh, responsibilities for data catalog and compliance with the Paperwork Reduction Act are two areas we've been uh, focusing a lot on in the past uh, before before the act. Prior to becoming um, the CDO, we released the DOJ uh, data strategy on uh, it's out there for uh, on the justice.gov website uh, and announced uh, you know major new steps to to mature our data management, our uh, information sharing, our workforce capabilities. So um, again, I've been focusing on data and information management for for a long time. Somebody had made the comment to me. They said, did you notice that they didn't name the Justice Department CIO as the CDO, but they said, did you notice they named Joe Klimovich <laughs> as the CDO? Is that on purpose? It is. So I was named as the CDO, um, but we're not saying the CIO and the CDO are, are one uh, position. This is very similar to the job, my last job, where I was working at NOAA. I was the CIO and, and director of high-performance computing and communications, and um Many um, senior officials in the government have more than one uh, title. You know, even justice uh, for for the entire five years I've been there, I've also been the senior agency official for geospatial information, and uh, I have other titles as well. But it it really depends on how you you look at these titles, how you ex- execute on the, the different uh, uh, areas. And I think serving in these roles, it's an opportunity to take a holistic and efficient or effective approach to managing data and implementing new requirements. So I get to look at information and data from many different legal aspects for, for these, all these different uh, uh, acts and, and, and authorities and address privacy and security and interoperability and data management together, meeting the, the, you know, the data requirements from the new legislation, 
It's going to help us improve um, our overall information technology posture within the department. I can rely on FATARA CIO authorities, and and they're they're all mutually beneficial. These authorities, and I think my authorities will help the CIO authorities will help accelerate our data management uh, within the department. And um, thinking years down the road, there may be a um, more of a separation or more of a difference between the CIO and CDO roles. But right now, where we are with our focus is on the basics of information and data management. And these topics are, are definitely, you know, within the my core focus areas as CIO as well. So you know, I think that there's a lot of beneficial uh, synergy uh, that we can you can leverage different authorities um, from both the, the information and data side to make you know significant progress much faster, you know, in aggregate. And I think that's a key piece, too, is you keep using both information and data in the same sentence, but you're not necessarily using them as synonyms. In your view, what is the difference, if you will, between information and data? There's uh, some policies and actually some some laws that actually use them essentially inter- interchangeably. You know, from my perspective, right now, there's a lot of similarities in terms of how we, we look at these. And I've seen everywhere from, you know, the data is focusing more on statistical aspects of it. But in every department, it's going to be a little different in terms of how they look at it. There are some uh, agencies that are, are very focused on uh, statistical reporting, uh, data collection, and so on. And uh, they, that may drive them in a different direction. But uh, in our areas right now, it's, uh, there's a lot of overlap. And I think that's maybe part of the reason why, as you know, the attorney general and the deputy attorney general made some decisions about where is this CDO role going to live made sense for it to live with you. And I think you, you brought up the point that, hey, maybe down the road, two years, five years, how, however long it could be, maybe they would split out. At the same time, I've always asked the question of, okay, if you're the chief information officer and somebody is a chief data officer and we're using data and information synonymously, aren't, isn't the CIO really already the CDO? And, and everyone kind of pushes back on that and, and explains why the CDO maybe is – somebody who worries about analysis and bringing people together, and the CIOs worry about the technology and the systems, how are you differentiating, if, if at all, your true roles, or, or, or maybe you're not? I think there's a lot of different OMB documents and, and laws that they do reference them, and they talk about them being used interchangeably. But I guess, from my perspective, we were already focusing on information and data management, and I suspect some CIOs don't focus as much on that because – Obviously, I think I think focusing the technology is somewhat easier, um, and it gets you immediate uh, benefits. Uh, focusing on the data, it, to me, is harder. It's it's it takes a lot longer to work some of these issues. They're not as uh, obvious in terms of the benefit. Yet uh, the long term payoffs are huge by focusing on how you manage data and information, uh, and and how that's shared. If I could just maybe talk for a second about some of our um, uh, priorities and plans in, in the department. So we released uh, our, our first uh, data strategy document uh, earlier this year. And um, our data strategy, the Open Government Data Act, uh, the federal data strategy is all as complementary uh, vehicles to, to together uh, really should help us manage our data better, focusing on data retention, privacy, security, confidentiality, better information, data sharing, capabilities across the board. And one thing that's really critical in all the, the uh, information sharing pieces, the uh, 
identity, credential, and access management, is how do, ICAM, how do we identify and, and with certainty who somebody is uh, that we're sharing information with? So essentially creating a single authoritative identity for all DOJ users, and that's what we're really trying to do. And we have to share information with, there's uh, 18,000 state and local law enforcement organizations. So how do we ensure that uh, we're, we're um, you know, sharing information with the right people at the right time? And then one key aspect is the workforce. The, um, we need to build that organizational capacity to create uh, you know, data culture, uh, enhancing the skill sets. Data scientists are really hard to find, really hard to hire, and a, a critical you know, aspect uh, and, and something that we, we really need to, to focus in on recruiting. There's several things to dig out from that. So let me just maybe back us up. The, the data strategy, let's start there for a second. You went through the data sharing. You went through the ICAM. You went through uh, workforce. I imagine those are at least three, if not the main pillars or three objectives of the data strategy, or there's more? For our data strategy, I mean, data management, uh, information sharing, um, ICAM, and the workforce are the, the four main pillars. Starting with the idea of data sharing, that's really key to the Department of Justice. Uh, I think, you know, when you go back to, you know, over the last 10 or 12 or maybe even 15 years, uh, that's been the piece that, that I think we've heard the most about whenever I talk to either people in your position or some of your colleagues at some of the bureaus where they talk about, hey, the question always comes up is data sharing. What are you doing from the CIO's role, then I'll ask you to turn your hat around and from your CIO, CDO's role <laughs> and your geospatial role, how are you kind of promoting that sharing concept? It all starts with having a, a data management plan. Um, we've got uh, hundreds of different systems uh, in the department and um, making sure that we've got plans to effectively manage information and data from a lifecycle perspective, uh, bolstering our data standards and access uh, policies and goals, making sure that we that's a shared, um, you know, understanding. Trying to really develop a, a more of a holistic or umbrella data architecture that includes uh, shared standards, taxonomy, and APIs are going to be critical. So maybe building an API library to uh, enable that seamless uh, information sharing. Uh, we were um, the initial org- agency or organization that that uh, started the National Information Exchange Model (NIEM). Um, and we're looking to, to see if we can codify that some more, making that a, a standard policy. And then I think just maturing a, a, a data community of interest to share best practice opportunities and really trying to focus on the, the workforce. I would say, Jason, that uh, this is clearly going to be a multi-year effort, and uh, we're, we're laying the foundation, but it's, it starts with those building blocks, and that will enable us to um, more effectively share information. All right, Joe, there's much more to dig out from. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we can continue the discussion around things like data management and data governance. My guest is Joe Klimovich, the Justice Department's Chief Information Officer and Chief Data Officer. I'm Jason Miller, and you're listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Welcome back. You're listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest is Joe Klimovich, the Justice Department's Chief Information Officer and Chief Data Officer. And in fact, Joe, we're going to talk more about your new hat as a Chief Data Officer. One of the things you brought up in the last segment was your new data strategy. You talked about the four pillars. One of them was obviously data management, data governance. And I think that's huge because as I've kind of done interviews with other CIOs in in the Justice Department, this idea of the CDO has come up there. For instance, I know the FBI has a Chief Data Officer. I, I talked to their CIO. So 
discuss a little bit about how your new role as CDO and how you'll fit into this group of CDOs that already exist and you'll, how, how you'll bring them together. Is a priority, a first priority. I mean, we really need to to start working the the data governance uh, body. Um, a lot of that's called out in the uh, the act, and you know, we, this is already in progress from our uh, data strategy uh, document. And again, we we really need to move out on this. Um, we're we're still looking at some different uh, options in this area as far as how we're going to going to actually govern uh, across the different uh, components. Like to get the the charter and the you know have the first board uh, done this fiscal year. I think it's definitely doable. But when you look at it, uh, we've got uh, over forty different components within justice, and and there are um, many different CIOs and and there are a number of CDOs in the different components. And so obviously governance has to be a very important uh, part. The good thing is that uh, I think we've got a very mature governance model within the department uh, for on the CIO side of the house. So uh, we're going to try to leverage uh, what we've done there, the modeling, and uh, really provide a strong focus on information and data management, and I'll be able to leverage um, the, the, some of the structures that we've got in place for, uh, for, the, for the CDO um, activities. You know, I think coordinating and collaborating with the components uh, is going to be absolutely crucial to developing these capabilities. One thing I've learned is that just telling people what to do is probably not the most effective way to get things done. Much better to work uh, collaboratively uh, up front uh, and and, um, and make sure that what you're doing is really going to add value. So I think I'm going to be continuously working with uh, my component the component uh, counterparts. And, and we also, you know, we'll actually, it'll be a different diverse, I think of this as a horizontal and a vertical, that we'll have some, some new players uh, helping to, to lead the uh, uh, data strategy across the department. And that's, that's called out in the, in the, in the act. And, um, It'll be true for other um, agencies as well. We'll uh, take advantage of the things that have worked in the past on, around governance and uh, go from there, uh, try to replicate those successes. But it, it'll start with you know, collaboration, coordination uh, with the components at, at its core. Do you have a sense of how many of the components have CDOs and how many will be CIOs, very similar to you with dual hats, or maybe how many of the components plan to name a CDO that maybe will start with the CIO and then and then transfer the responsibilities. Right now, it's uh, just a couple that have CDOs, a couple of components within the Department of Justice. There are about eight fairly large uh, components within uh, the department, and my belief is that uh, those uh, organizations will eventually identify somebody as as a CDO. But if you think about it, it we want to make sure that this group is broader than just the components. It needs to be the 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 leadership that's involved in, in data and information management at the, at the uh, uh, department level. So we'll be uh, looking to include uh, both um, additional organizations. Uh, our Office of uh, Justice Programs has uh, uh, many different uh, statistical uh, components within that, and uh, they will uh, obviously be included in our, our data governance model. So... Um, I, I really think think about this uh, horizontally and vertically, and, and to make sure we've got uh, complete uh, representation. As someone said to me just recently, it's all about the dark data now. Remember, it used to be shadow IT. Now you got to find yes. the dark data, and, and if you don't include those other people, like OJP, just as an example, you may not have access. You may not, may not shine the light on the data. Well, I think that that's 
true. Everything I've seen about uh, data, all the modeling and stuff, is that it, most information uh, in the federal government, probably true in a lot of the corporations, is is information is collected once, used once, or collected and used once, and then it just goes on a shelf someplace. And the real question is, how do you make that uh, data discoverable, accessible to to other people that might uh, need it? And uh, that's uh, something, obviously, we want to try to address and try to figure out how we can, can make that information uh, readily available. And I think that tags back to what you said earlier as well, which is about the umbrella architecture, develop more holistic approach, APIs, uh, taxonomies and such. And, and as you said, you, you guys started with the National Information Exchange Model, NEEM, and, and that's another best practice that you're starting to develop. All that seems probably you know, further down the road because, as you said, you want to at least get the, the charter and the board stood up for, before the end of the fiscal year. From a longer term, you know, year, 18 months, where do you see – do you have goals set yet or are you going to wait for the charter and the, and the, the CDO kind of council to come together? Yeah, at this point, uh, what we've got uh, articulated in our uh, data strategy is is probably about all I feel comfortable with because I think it, that's where the, the governance can help us take it to the next level. Uh, obviously, things like data dictionaries, data catalogs are going to be key. But how do you do that in, um, in, in an efficient way that you're not just requiring people just to populate something that is not going to be used or not effectively used? And that's just something that I always want to try to do is uh, with my CIO hat on is is not just uh, do data calls just for the sake of data calls, but is actually what's the value from from doing this work? Is it going to really help uh, drive the mission? And we need to make sure that uh, as we move out on this, that uh, we are thinking about the mission because that's that's why we're all here. I think that's the most important point of of any data effort is okay. What is this valuable to the mission? How does it drive that mission? Absolutely. And I think related to that, and you mentioned this as another priority from the data strategy, is the workforce. There's never enough data scientists. We saw just recently in the last couple of months that the Office of Personnel Management gave agencies like yourself direct hire authority for data scientists. We, we're seeing potentially, I know OMB has talked about this, and we may hit upon this later from the CIO Council perspective, maybe a data scientist reskilling academy or something like that training. So let's just talk about Justice Department. How are you kind of focused on that workforce piece? CDO title is uh, is nice, but uh, our ability to actually achieve success uh, and, and and enable the mission really rests with our workforce. One of the most important uh, tasks to me is ensure that we have uh, teams that uh, have the right skills and can find and use and manage you know data to the to support the mission. Ensuring the workforce keeps their skills current is an important part. The technology is changing so rapidly. If you think about a college degree, it has a, a technology that you learned in, in college. It, you know, five years, it's completely changed. We need to make sure our, our workforce is well-equipped and understands the current technology um, and can, can really help us uh, bring these, these um, strategies to, to um, fruition. Um, I think I like to think about training and in the workforce is continuous investments in training and, and certifications, uh, just in time training uh, on new technologies, um, and something short of a four-year degree, uh, maybe like four days or something of training, and, and then you go back to work and you've got the the right skill sets. Uh, that's hard, and I think that you know, we're we're looking to industry to help um, ensure that we can make sure. Our, our staffs uh, have those kind of skill sets, uh, 
But um, yeah, I think identifying the skills that, that we need, figuring out where we may have gaps. One thing we've been doing is, is sharing position descriptions for data scientists or, or folks in uh, CDO kind of roles and uh, using that to help um, recruiting, developing common workforce definitions around the, the data uh, roles is, is key. And then just that uh, uh, really emphasizing continuous learning and a culture of innovation. And since a lot of this information is shared across different uh, disciplines, is that whole multidiscipline approach, how um, can the data be reused uh, or shared effectively and the value that brings. You mentioned uh, OMB and OPM, um, some of their initiatives, reskilling programs like the uh, Cybersecurity Reskilling Academy. That's that's great. I mean, the benefits there are tremendous. Probably needs to be expanded in terms of the number of people that you can get through. If we could do something like that around data, that would be fantastic. OPM's new direct hiring authority for IT positions, um, you know, is is, uh, is huge. Um, and um, I just think that continuing to, to emphasize uh, training and credentialing and, and sharing best practices, um, and then we're going to be doing probably a lot of that. I know I've already met with some of the other um, CDOs out there, and uh, we'll continue doing more of that as, as they get uh, identified and trying to figure out how we can learn from each other. Like a lot of agencies, have you guys – found people who understand data or are you taking internal people and doing that training and that workforce development because there's just just not enough out there? I'd say right now it's probably some of both, but probably more a little emphasis on the latter. Um, it's it's hard. And I think um, corporations, have, especially those that are really into, they understand the value of information. They've got some really great data scientists um, maybe we can work out some kind of uh, exchange of uh, personnel uh, over the years, but um, they, I think they understand the, the value that these uh, individuals bring to, to the corporations. Uh, we, I certainly do from a federal perspective, but uh, right now a lot of it's been internally uh, finding those who, who uh, want to focus in this area and have a natural aptitude. Stepping outside of just the data role, and let's just talk maybe workforce more broadly, are there other areas of the workforce where you're thinking well, cybersecurity is one example, but project management I hear often as well. Are there other areas that you're saying, hey, I'd like to bring in more people or there's a, a skill set that I'd like to you know, get, get better at? From my perspective, we talk about data science. Data science is, is certainly one of them. Cybersecurity is, is obviously it's huge in the, in the federal government. There's uh, – and hiring a number of uh, cyber personnel experts. Uh, we just hired a new uh, uh, CISO for the department. But beyond that, I think you mentioned program management. Yes, program management's huge. Acquisition professionals, contracting officers are just as important from my perspective, uh, even though uh, they don't work directly uh, under my uh, uh, management. We're t- today, we're, we're buying most of these services as is either managed services or cloud-based services. And... Um, being able to effectively, efficiently buy goods and services that we need in a timely manner, is it's all predicated on having a good contractor officer support. And those skills are, are in short supply in the federal government. So I would put contracting officers right up there with uh, cyber and data scientists. All right, Joe, my uh, news spidey sense just started to tingle. You just hired a new CISO. Can you, can you tell us? Uh, yeah, Nick Ward is uh, our, our CISO. 
just started, just came on board in the last. I think in, a in couple June, of weeks. In couple June. Of weeks. Yeah. All right. Excellent. So, yeah. And because he replaced Melinda. Melinda Rogers got promoted up to, to be de- my deputy. deputy. And then uh, so Nick Ward is uh, taking over for Melinda. All right. We always love the people on the move news. You know that. People love people news. All right. Joe, let's take a quick break. We can come back. We can continue our discussion around data and data analysis. And then we can move on to some of your other non-data priorities, if there are any. My guest is Joe Klimovich, the Chief Information Officer and Chief Data Officer at the Justice Department. I'm Jason Miller, and you're listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Welcome back. You're listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest is Joe Klimovich, the Justice Department's Chief Information Officer and Chief Data Officer. Joe, we are continuing our conversation today about your new hat, the new hat you're wearing as a CDO. I want to ask about the idea of analytical capabilities. Uh, You have data management coming into place. You have data governance. You talked about sharing a little bit and workforce, but they all need tools to really make it happen that much better. So talk where you guys are today about the current set of uh, data analytics capabilities you have and maybe where you hope to go? You know, data is a foundational element to uh, pretty much all of our work that we do in the department, integral into our our missions. Data is used uh, to make decisions uh, every day. Um, The chief data officer is is in a leadership role to make these efforts uh, happen and uh, implementing our new strategy and and we really want to be a catalyst for improving our capabilities, our analytical capabilities. I tend to look at um, we need to operationalize our data. And you mentioned earlier about uh, dark data, and, and that's probably the opposite of where we want to be. So I think if you think about it is we want to manage our data and we want to know what we have. We want to make sure it's properly cataloged and everything. We need to enhance our analytical capabilities to you know, effectively use this information. And that means identifying and linking related data, using artificial intelligence and machine learning, um, creating visualizations and dynamic uh, dashboards, adding geospatial uh, fields, because I believe almost all information has a geospatial component to it, and employing uh, data science you know, to really bring all this stuff together. And um, we're maturing our approach uh, you know, by implementing an enterprise data uh, analytics BPA uh, so that uh, we can effectively get to more, uh, you know, analytical tools um, and support the organization and, you know, the how we um, analyze large amounts of uh, our very big data. And a lot of our information is unstructured data, uh, makes it a little more challenging. We frequently discuss uh, new data analytics and talk about new data analytics and concepts with industry. And again, I think operationalizing data is, is really going to be through AI and machine learning. Uh, Suzette Ken has talked about this many times, is that it's really hard to realize the benefits of AI and machine learning without having a robust uh, data set to work with. And we're in 36 different cloud environments right now in the Department of Justice. And how do you work across this multi-cloud environment? Uh, to you know, We're trying to understand how to more effectively do that because our our data sets are not in one place. We don't have one data lake to operate against. And so I'm always looking to, to see um, what technology advances are out there. I think using advanced analytics requires solid data management as a foundation um, and making sure that the staff is, is equipped not only with, you know, with understanding data, the data science, but also the data analytics piece, and that we're in a position to, to help 
whether it be law enforcement agents or uh, attorneys working on uh, litigation cases, to sit down there with them and help them work through different cases and, and problem sets uh, with the right tools, um, with the right expertise. And I think um, our ability to leverage these types of advanced analytics requires us to have a robust uh, data architecture across the department. Think about it as a platform or common common way of, of sharing um, existing and future data sets. And this architecture can help us with an overall data management and sharing. And I also think about uh, we need to lower the barrier of entry of bringing some of these tools in, these analytical capabilities in. I would prefer to to bring in new technologies to work against the data rather than uh, a lot more staff because I think, it, one, it's easier. It's In the long run, it's probably uh, less expensive. But, you know, right now that a lot of these tools, these analytical platforms require a lot of uh, setup effort, a lot of uh, uh, staff years in terms of making sure that the, uh, the the tools do and what you need them to do. And and um, if we can find capabilities that are easier to just to, to drop into an environment, understanding our information, learning as they go, that uh, to me is a much better approach. Several things I want to back up and talk about. First of all, you've talked about the Enterprise Data Analytics BPA. Now, has that been awarded? Is that in process? How much can you talk about the BPA? Um, in process. So eventually it will be awarded. Correct. Okay. Because uh, I know you'll get a lot of questions from the vendors if, if it's a new contract or if it's a contract that's been awarded, but you're in source selection or some kind of procurement sensitivity, so I get that. Yes. All right. See, that was a good, a good <laughs> simple question. All right. Well, we'll look forward to talking more about that when that is uh, finalized. And, and that's going to open the door for a lot of these AI and machine learning capabilities. But as you said, you can't quite go there until you have that governance in place. So I see the path that you guys are on. In the short term, though, you still need capabilities. Do you get a sense of, of are your the capabilities you have today getting you down the right path to making better decisions? I think we have robust capabilities today, but you know, I think how do you how do you ensure that you're at the cutting edge? How do you ensure that you've got the best tools? And then it, there's also this this cost efficiency uh, aspect of it. Are are the tools you're using the most cost effective? Are there uh, easier to provision tools, easier to you know, lower cost tools, uh, tools that do more. And those are things that I'm constantly looking to to bring in. The other is, again, um, our environment's changing. We're seeing a lot more uh, video coming in uh, from uh, external sources, and we need to be able to operate against that uh, video. Um, so we're constantly looking for better tools, whether they exist out there or not, uh, it's something that uh, we have to assess. And if they don't today, they probably will tomorrow and and, the, and vice versa. Right. Uh, finally, I think that the main piece, the main reason why Congress really pushed for the CDO, and you probably remember this better than I do, is at one point uh, there was a discussion about creating CDOs in every agency. And, and, and I think a lot of, uh, I think under the Obama administration, they pushed back and weren't sure if they wanted it or some agencies pushed back. But Long story short, is is all about the decision making. It's back to the mission. You talked about that earlier. Do you get a sense, and, and then we'll move off of the CDO discussion and move into your bigger hat of CIO? Do you get a sense having a CDO will lead to the Justice Department making better decisions based on the data and understanding the data? Well, I've always focused a lot on the you know, on information management, data management. I, I having information in your title. Uh, means that I've always thought that, that you should focus a good bit of your time and attention on that. I think it, you've got additional authorities now and additional kind of a spotlight on on information and data. 
And I think it's going to um, make it easier to um, in aggregate um, use these authorities and and bring organizations together uh, to provide um, additional capabilities, both data and analytics. And uh, I just think that this is this is really making sure that uh, these departments and agencies focus on their information and data assets uh, as much as they do their technology assets. All right, very nice. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll jump into some of your non-data priorities, if there are any. My guest is Joe Klimovich, the Department of Justice's Chief Information Officer and Chief Data Officer. I'm Jason Miller, and you're listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Welcome back. You're listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Joe Klimovich, the Justice Department's Chief Information Officer and Chief Data Officer. Joe, we've spent the last three segments of the show talking all about your role as CDO mixed in with a little CIO powder. Now we're going to go all in with CIO. Maybe talk a little bit about your priorities beyond data, if there are any, what you're trying to get done over the next six or nine months. Oh, thanks, Jason. Uh, we um, About a year ago, we published our uh, IT strategic plan, and uh, we're uh, still executing against uh, uh, that plan. You know, some of the key um, initiatives uh, – Really strong focus on cybersecurity, improving our cybersecurity posture constantly. You can never feel comfortable as a CIO um, from cyber perspective. But we're also uh, offering our cyber uh, services to other agencies. We've got uh, at least one other significant agency outside of the Department of Justice that is using our all of our cybersecurity services. And um, I think that this is a is, is huge for the federal government because we've we put a lot of resources into cyber. I think we've got a pretty good program there, and some of these smaller agencies. And I think last count there were like 91 small agencies. It's it's hard to get critical mass for cyber. We've talked about how hard it is to uh, hire in the cyber business, and I think we've the way we've set this up is that from both from a technology and a process and an operations perspective, we can. Uh, extend these services out to other uh, government agencies, <clears throat> so that's that's key. And uh, you know, I recently testified on on FedRAMP, um, and we're really trying to bring automation to the whole ATO process so that we can speed the process of bringing on new technologies or bringing in new technologies to the department. And I think we're making a lot of progress in that area, um, and certainly would be glad to share that with other uh, departments and agencies. Um, as we mature that capability. But I, I still haven't lost sight of uh, closing, consolidating data centers, optimizing data centers. I think we've closed 95, 96 data centers uh, in my tenure there. And uh, got a lot of scars. Uh, closed the DOJ's two largest data centers, uh, one in 15 and one in 18. It is challenging, but well worth it uh, because we've been able to uh, save the, the, save a lot of money in terms of operating costs, um, and and then replow that money back into modernizing, you know, the mission, mission IT. But I want to continue uh, closing data centers to get down to uh, three core facilities. We moved a lot of our data centers and IT and databases applications to commercial clouds. As I mentioned, we're running in 36 different uh, commercial cloud environments today. And we built that, the security around getting to those so we can do it in an optimal way without creating any bottlenecks. Continue to work with the private sector to um, bring in innovative, disruptive technologies. Uh, uh, certainly how to, working with our mission stakeholders to see how fast we can do that. 
we've made two awards on the uh, GSA's Enterprise Infrastructure Solutions contract, and uh, one of them is a very large uh, a contract to uh, essentially go from networks to EIS uh, for all of our uh, WAN services, and uh, we're one of the very first to to take advantage of that contract. I think it's a it's a great deal for um, federal agencies, and um, I'm glad that we were able to get out in front on that one. And that I, I look at that as also presenting an opportunity to modernize our networks, modernize the technology supporting our facilities. We have thousands of facilities around the world, and um, we will use that vehicle to uh, efficiently get you know pipes and bandwidth to those locations. Uh, and then I think we really need to look at how we pilot, and and you know I like piloting prototypes, proofs of concepts for artificial intelligence, machine learning, robotic process automation technologies that uh, looking for the right opportunities. And I've got a couple of different uh, cases that um, I'm not prepared to talk about today, but where I think we can bring some of these technologies in a early proof of concept to see whether they can help us do things that, quite frankly, we're not really doing today um, and going back to operationalizing the data. We're also continuing to modernize our, our um component case management systems. Uh, we, law enforcement, uh, they investigate uh, cases. They, there's a lot of information that's collected there. Those platforms need to be uh, current, and um, we're refreshing a lot of those, modernizing a lot of those platforms. Uh, same thing on the, the litigation side. So those are some of the, some of the key uh, initiatives we got underway. All right, so let me back up. Uh, let me start with cybersecurity. I know there's not a ton you can talk to, but just generally speaking, you're, the services you're providing, are they to a small agency, a medium agency? Are you comfortable to say kind of? I would say a relatively small agency. Okay. But but when you talk about a proof of concept, a pilot, this shows, hey, look, it can be done. And right. look at the service that this agency is getting, something they probably didn't have before. Absolutely. I mean, you look at uh, performance um, uh, for the cost, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a great deal, I think. And, and quite honestly, if, if I was in one of the small agencies and I – could find somebody to outsource the risk of cyber. I think I would, uh, and somebody was willing to take it on. I'd be, uh, I'd sign up. The other one I want to bring up from a priority perspective was when you look at some of those. I know you said proof of concepts. You're not quite ready to talk about them, but AI, ML, RPA. RPA is the most interesting one. And if you think back, you've been in this market a lot longer than I have. But if you think about your career, has there ever been a, a, a technology that has been picked up so quickly and got gained so much kind of I'll call it uh, excitement around than RPA. I mean, I, every CIO I talk to, every CFO I talk to, which is the key, uh, are like, "Oh, RPA, we got to use it. We got to figure this out." D- what, where does that stand in as you think back over the years from an RPA versus other technology? I don't know, Jason. Uh, I've been doing this for over thirty-six years now in the federal government, and uh, when I started my career, we were using punch cards. So uh, I've seen a lot of technology. Um, it's, I think, part of it is. Um, there's a lot of functions, a lot of jobs in the federal government that uh, uh, they're quite honestly not that exciting, and they're very um, still using punch cards. <laughs> no, but but they're they they're, they lend themselves, I think, to uh, uh, automation. And um, if if we can figure out how to reposition, repurpose our our employees to do higher order things, things that uh, you know require a lot more uh, critical thinking, and uh, just just automate a lot of these basic functions that had to be performed. But uh, I think it, it presents the opportunity. Uh, and it's, there's probably other technologies that have, 
have, have uh, expanded as fast, but uh, this one uh, uh, holds a lot of promise to uh, help us not only with getting the work done, but uh, with critical uh, staffing short- shortages. Because, Joe, we're almost out of time, so I have to bring up the eighth hat you wear, which is the vice chairman of the CIO Council. Uh, and, and when you talk about CIOs needing to provide leadership, I think that, that plays right into what the council has been doing uh, under your guidance as the vice chairman. Discuss that role a little bit, and, and how have you really sought to, to make this the council a more, I'll call it powerful, significant, important entity across the federal government? Well, i got to say that uh, under Suzette Kent's uh, leadership, uh, I've never seen the, the council more active and more involved and uh, hats off to her in terms of her leadership. I mean, she sets the tone and approach and doing a fantastic job, um, you know, not only with her day job, but with the, with the council. I mean, and, and so what we've been able to do is we have um, four very um, robust um, uh, committees, councils underneath the CIO council. And the CISO is essentially a council, but it's, it, it, um, it's all the cyber activities there. Uh, the one that I will take credit for for leading and um, pushing is uh, shared services and and you know strategic thinking and infrastructure. How do we uh, work together? And well, let me just go through the others. The innovation council. I think uh, Maria Rode and Ron Butcher have been pushing that one. Again, how do we bring in innovative thinking into the uh, CIO community? And then the workforce. Uh, Jason Gray and Dorothy over at NSF have been leading that. And so. We've got four very, very active uh, committees that are, are led. You know, they're essentially you got more than one CIO leading these different committees, and they're briefing out at the council. They're sharing information at the council. But we're also working collaboratively with OMB to develop guidance on how we should tackle some of these and how we should implement uh, some of the laws, how we should, should move out on different technologies, uh, have discussions about emerging technologies and what it means. The cross-agency communications, that's really where i am really been pushing is getting COs to talk to each other. It's, it's key. And um, attendance at the councils is unbelievable. You, in the past, I mean, if you had all the principals there, it was uh, a rarity. Today, they, they always show up, really. It's, a, it's an amazing uh, thing. But you know, I think this whole sharing and collaboration, everybody's in it together. Everybody's got the same kind of challenges. Everybody's got the same kind of opportunities with the technology. So uh, it's, a, it's a great forum for uh, uh, leveraging and sharing. Very good, Joe. This has been a fascinating conversation. We could talk a lot longer, but unfortunately, we're out of time. So let me thank my guest, Joe Klimovich, the Justice Department's Deputy Assistant Attorney General and Chief Information Officer and Chief Data Officer. Joe, thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks, uh, Jason. Great, great to be here. I'm Jason Miller, and you've been listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. You've been listening to Ask the Chief Information Officer on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Tune in Thursday mornings at 10 or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One.